Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. just died oh there we go i let's yeah. welcome to let's talk cfl podcast episode number 376 i'm your host christopher jones and we're here to talk football and i got a little bit of a rant that i want to play with but it's going to be interactive so i'm turning on all of the boys microphones right now so that we can add, add, go at this because there's something that's really bothering me and it's been bothering me week in week out for the last five weeks six weeks but and let's see if you guys can figure out what's going on here okay so you guys are mics are all on there right charles you yes. there say hi yes hi will hello and mark hello okay so here's the deal are you you're a fan of football how many how many teams can win the Grey cup every year this is a this is not a trick question. This is a question. How many teams can win the football? The the Grey Cup. Nine. Somebody? Nine. 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 Okay, Nine. Will, you lose that answer, okay? Who wants to guess the right answer? One. 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 One team can win. So that means that there are eight teams that lose, correct? Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. And some teams well, lose yeah. more than other teams, right? Because, like, Winnipeg yep. hasn't won yep. it in 28 years, right? Uh, Hamilton hasn't yep. won it in, what, 21 years. Uh, BC hasn't won it since 2011. They're, they're, every year, eight teams have to lose. And if you talk to any player, any player, their season is a waste unless they've won the Grey Cup. Am I correct? Have correct. you heard that before? Correct. Yep. Yep. Nothing yep. matters in this season at all except winning the Grey Cup, okay? That Ask Calgary, how many times have they been yep. number one in the Western Division to lose or not even make it to the Grey Cup, okay? So the only thing I don't that have enough. winning – What's that, Will? I don't have enough fingers and toes to count how many times. Yes, exactly. So the season is a waste if you don't win the Grey Cup, correct? Correct. Yeah. Everything else doesn't matter. Okay? Now, as a fan, as a fan, we are extremely passionate about our teams, regardless of what team they are. Okay? I am a passionate fan about my team. Mark, you are about the the Bombers. Will, I know you are about the Stampeders. And Charles, you're a great fan of the BC Lions. Okay? All right. So, this is not a surprise to anybody. Okay? So far, we're, we're all in agreement. Okay? So, do we realize that this is a game? Yeah, of course. It's it's just a game. It really doesn't matter whether your team wins or loses. It's a game, and it's if it mattered, would I be still going to games? Exactly. It's it's for the purpose of entertainment. Okay. 
And, yep. and, and as Russell Crowe said in Gladiator, are you not entertained? Okay? I'm entertained to watch football regardless of who is playing and whether or not my team is winning. Okay? So for the fucking idiots who think that they're, they have the right and the ability to start sending me private messages or to be shouting out and calling me out in different groups on Facebook because my team lost? You're an idiot. Because I don't care. You know how much I don't care? I didn't even watch the game this weekend because I was too busy doing things in my life. Like, I have a life away from football. Unlike so many other people who this is all-encompassing, and they feel the need to trash other people. Do you not think that I know my team sucks? They're one in five, aren't they? One in five, one in four, one in five. I don't know. I don't care. Okay? I don't care. So for you to speak, Christopher Jones, I wonder what he's saying. He's being real quiet lately. I'm quiet because I have something going on in my life. Okay? It's not football related. You, however, don't. So I really don't care whether you want to wait for me to talk on the podcast or call me out in the different Facebook groups on the thing. Go ahead. Have fun. Because I don't give a shit. I'm here for my entertainment and only because I have fun. Now, Mark, who's on a 28-year losing streak with his team, is enjoying the season this year. Okay? I'm on an eight, eight, seven-year losing streak with my team, and I'm enjoying this year. Is my team as good as Mark's team? No. Do I care? Of course I care, but I'm not suicidal about it. I'm not going to freak out because you told me my team sucks. Oh, my God, I'm going to start screaming and crying. No, I'm not. Like, get over it already. And it's the same thing when other players, other people – who think that their team is so shit hot right now, cannot contain themselves by making stupid, ridiculous postings about it. Okay? <sighs> like, get over yourself already. It's just a game, and we're here for the sole purpose of enjoying ourselves. So let me enjoy myself, enjoy my season the way that I am, and quit fucking around, because it really bothers me that you can't, Continue your life without me. I, I feel this big, huge weight that I have to drag your ass around because you can't function in the real world on your own. Okay? So I'm not doing it anymore. I don't care if you call me out in the group. I don't re- respond to these morons. And regardless of what group they're in, Winnipeg Blue Bombers armchair guys, and anything else, like I don't care, Okay? I really don't care. And obviously, you think I care because I just ranted about it for eight minutes. But you know what? I thought I'd give you a little bit of attention here so that you can feel warm and fuzzy. So now you can fuck off. Okay, so let's uh, start the program right now. And uh, welcome to the show, Charles. How you doing, buddy? Good. I'm not really sure how to follow that up at the moment, <laughs> except for the fact that it'll, uh, pretty much all that you said, I, I basically agree with you. And I'm just going to throw this in because this bugs me too when people do it. 
and they do it all the time, and it annoys the hell out of me. When people go on and say, oh, well, this team sucks. I'm not coming back to the games. I'm not going to another game. Yeah, go right, away. First of all, we don't need First you. of all, you're not a fan at that point. You're a bandwagon jumper. If you only support the team in the best of times, and if they have, if they have struggles, you abandon them, you are absolutely not a fan. You're a bandwagon jumper. That's number one. Number two is, if you're not going to go back to the game and you made that decision, good for you. I don't freaking care. So don't announce it on Facebook because at that point, all you're doing is looking for attention. You're looking for somebody to say, oh, no, 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 someone to come in and kiss your ass and agree with you. I don't know what you're doing. But if you're not going to go, fine. That's your choice. That's your prerogative. Don't announce it. But no shut one cares. the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. Just leave then and be quiet and go do something else. And don't bug us. That's the only other thing that really annoys me, because I've seen people do it on a few groups, and it bugs the hell out of me when people do it. Because at that point, when you're going to the point where you're announcing that you're not going to the games anymore, you're simply looking for attention at that point. And you're saying, hey, look, look at me. And it's annoying. I don't care. Don't go. But I don't need to know about it, idiots. Thank you. Other than that, I'm doing swell. Awesome. Glad to hear. Yep. And and for the record, you know, it doesn't matter what you rant about on Facebook and how bad your team is and what you think the team sucks and what the team needs to do. Nobody cares because nobody listens. Okay? You you can bark about coordinators and coaches and salary cap and and how much you, this team sucks and oh my god it doesn't matter you know and, and to say that you're a passionate fan because you can bark and bitch about your team publicly is is, is makes no sense to me okay so you know find the good things in your team and run with them mark's finding good things with his team right now and we're going to have to curtail his talking tonight because he's tends to want to talk about every little player on the on his team and how wonderful they're doing, including the water boy and everything else. So, you know, nobody really cares. So we're going to have to calm him down a little bit. I know he's excited. Um, speaking of Mark, Mark, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? Doing well. Uh, I get what you're saying about the fans. If, if you only so, uh, support your team when the team is winning, Winnipeg would have grasshoppers and mosquitoes in their stadium. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. They'd have gone, the fans would have left long ago. Ooh, yeah. Um, I've been a season ticket and, and holder for have. 17 years. Yeah. I've been a season ticket holder for 17 years, and I've been to a hell of a lot of games before that. I've seen some really bad teams, and, you know, T.J. Rubley, Troy Cop, go down the list. It's three hours, sometimes four or five, depending on the weather delay. <laughs> that I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm not thinking about the house. I'm not thinking about work. I'm yelling at my team. I'm laughing at them, whether they're good or they're bad, because some of the teams were pretty laughable. I just go and enjoy myself. I don't care. At the end of the day, I'm alive. Uh, my team lost. Yeah, I'm used to it. Oh, well. Are they playing really well this year? Damn right. Have they won the Grey Cup yet? Oh, hell no. So, 
if they don't win the Grey Cup, they go 17 and one, and they lose in the Grey Cup. It's 29 and counting. No one cares. No one cares. We <laughs> just move on. And and you know what? You get excited about next year. Yep. But other than that, I'm doing really well because I started fully planning my Newfoundland vacation in 14 days. Yeah, you're doing that on purpose, right? Yep. I, I, I'm confused. The, the timing okay. is awesome. Yeah. What's awesome? The timing. I was going to Newfoundland. I'm I'm looking for this post from this idiot, but I can't find it. Which post? Never, never, never mind. Let's just carry on. Okay, William. Oh, here it is. Tyler Ross. Okay, Winnipeg Jets blue bomber or bombers armchair coaches, and he starts off with. Christopher Jones, if I say BC sucks, are you going to get me booted again? Oh, wait. <laughs> Wrong group. What a loser. Uh, Tyler's a millennial punk. Seriously, like... Why like, would he take time out of his life to make a post like that? Yeah, He's I don't, a millennial I don't know. punk. What an idiot. He is. Apparently. Yeah. I've met him. He's a punk. That might be an insult to millennial punks, but <laughs> it would be. Phil, stop it, okay? Just stop it. Okay, I've had enough of this. Let's, uh, William, you're there? Yes. Yes, How I'm you here. Doing, buddy? Let me let me tell you guys something, okay? I've I've been going to St. Peter's games for 27 years, and you guys you guys have never experienced anything until you spend an 18 game season with Matt Dunnigan as your head coach, okay? <laughs> that, that's like that's like that's like getting. That's like getting up every morning and stabbing yourself in the eye with a spoon <laughs> just because it feels better than your football team, okay? So, and if, and if I made it, if I made it through that season, you, you and Charles could make it through BC seasons this year. Mark, you oh. could make it through any season, okay? Because I made it I through think, Ryan Bolton. I think Matt Dunnigan was concussed at the time because one of his you philosophies was one of his philosophies was you don't have to practice goal line plays, okay? And he never practiced goal line plays, okay? And after I heard that, I just said to myself, okay, who's going to win the Grey Cup this year? Because it's not going to be Calgary, okay? So... Yeah, we've all seen lots of things in our lifetime, okay? And <laughs> Meanwhile, teams are at the goal line and they're just walking through their plate. You know, the, the, neatest, the neatest thing about all those fans, okay, now let, let, let me tell people why I do this podcast. I do this podcast because there was a long period in my life where I, there was nobody around who I could talk football with that knew what they were talking about. 
and I discovered this podcast, and I discovered the guys on the podcast, and they are pretty knowledgeable, and, and this was a jackpot for me. But, you know, when we post things and we say things about our team, the thing I hate the most is when they don't come true and people yap and yap and yap online yeah. about it. Ugh. You only hear from them when we're wrong. You never hear from them when we're right. No. So if you'll excuse the expression, you guys are a bunch of pussies. That's all I got to say. And by the way, okay. people, they're like, called predictions. Predictions do not always come true. If you can't, if you can't make a legitimate argument, don't even talk to me. All right, just don't even bother. And it doesn't matter if we have five thousand listeners or we have five listeners. I'm still going to do this, so they really don't matter. I'm sorry. Do do we have five listeners? I don't know. According to everybody, they don't listen. But then, they throw things, but, but then they throw things back in our face all the time, so obviously they that do We listen. said here, so if somebody's they don't listen, listening. How do they know what we said? <laughs> yeah, somebody's and, listening. And, yeah, and if I, if I didn't have a life like some of these people, I probably would have killed myself two years ago or three years <laughs> ago when the Stampeders lost the Great Cup, okay? And then again the next year. So, like, yeah, whatever. Okay, so for the record, I know my team Mm -hmm. isn't very good this year. You don't need to keep telling me, okay? I'm not an idiot. I'm not dense. I'm not moronic. I remember things from five minutes ago and from 35 minutes ago. So you don't have to keep telling me my team sucks because I know what one in five means, okay? I really do. one, One win, five losses. It's not good. I know this. That means that what that means is this. you'd be first place if you were you'd be first place if you were in the East. Oh, did I say that? Whoops. No, I don't think I would. I don't think <laughs> shit. The only thing we would Toronto's the only team worse. I'm okay with it. I still I actually have faith that BC's going to turn the season around. Okay, I have faith. I don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> it's not based on anything. But I, I just, and that's kind of faith. That's like religion, right? It's not based on anything real. It's just faith. Okay. Anyways. Let's talk some football, okay? Not this bullshit. I, it, it, it just pisses me off when morons do this garbage. Because they think that they're... They feel the need to talk to me, you know. Then, if then, be respectful. Toronto Calgary game preview Thursday night. Was the concert any good? Did anybody listen to the uh, halftime concert? Will you were there? I didn't think they were terrible. Wasn't that Who was it? the highlight? Who was it? Um. They're actually a relatively well-known group. I, I've heard of. I'm it wasn't the Northern Pikes, was it? That was the week before. Yes. yes. No, it was the Northern Pikes. That's who it was. It was the Northern Pikes? Okay. Yes. The week before <laughs> was here in Vancouver. It was. Uh, oh, Washington that's right. Vancouver. That was Tim Hicks. Tim Hicks. Yes, yeah, Saskatchewan yeah. band playing in Calgary. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So this was a Toronto Calgary game. Uh, what happened in it? Uh, Toronto scored 16 points. Calgary only scored 26. That's not bad. It's a relatively close game. Or are we going to say they score flattered Toronto? <laughs> um, Charles, start us off. What was your take on this game? I don't think that the score did flatter Toronto because I didn't think that the uh, Stampeders played all that well in this game. I mean, they played well enough to win, which is not hard to do when you're playing the Calgary St- or when you're playing the Toronto Argonauts. Or BC Lions. This year. Well, good point. i got to be fair. Uh, fair. But um, the Stampeders, um, they actually did their best to try and give this uh, to the uh, game to Toronto because they turned the ball over an awful lot in this one. Um, what's his name? Uh, Arbuckle was good in this one, but he's been better in, in some of his other games. Uh the law office of McLeod Bethel Thompson was actually not terrible in this game, with the exception that he also threw a lot of interceptions in this one. So that's um, not encouraging if you're throwing too many times to the wrong teams. Um, Arbuckle threw two, and Bethel Thompson threw four. If he cuts those in half, those four receptions in half even, they go to two, they might win that game. Uh, but it didn't happen, and they got it surprisingly, though. The Calgary Stampeders had four interceptions, but none from um, um, Trey Robertson, who is getting interceptions left and right uh, so far this year. But this uh, one, he did not have any, despite the fact the Stampeders picked him off four times. But uh, the winning, this was not a spectacular game by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, when you've got an 11-9 game at halftime, you don't exactly have a barn burner. Uh, Calgary did just enough to win in this one. Like I said, Arbuckle did not even get 200 yards in this one. So he was okay, but he wasn't anywhere near spectacular. Um, Darrell Walker... They're not using him enough. They, he had nine catches for 71 yards. they got to be thrown to him much more. And James Welder Jr., still a bust to me. Sorry, 44 yards rushing. This was the guy that two years ago was uh, whining that he wasn't getting paid enough money, and he has 44 yards rushing. Great job there. Uh, well, it was only yeah. 11 carries. That's true, 11 carries, but why are they not giving him the ball more? They should be giving him... Now, to be fair, he also had 71 yards receiving, so you can't just yeah. completely ignore that. So that's over 100 yards uh, in offense, so that's still half decent. So, But, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a great game. Uh, the Stampeders, like I said, they did just enough to win, and that's all they really had to do in this one because they're playing Toronto, who's just not a very good football team. And that's a fact. Yes, it is. Okay, uh, William, I usually take you in second place here. This is your team, Calgary. You were sitting in the stands freezing your ass off. What's your take well, on this football and, game? And, and, and was that's it snowing? Of, I heard something was, about it snowing. That was, 
it wasn't snowing, but man, was that rain cold. Okay, so it started to rain about midway through the first half, and 90% of the stands went downstairs to stand in the concourse. You're at a football game. Why are you going downstairs to watch it on TV? If you're going to watch it on TV, why don't you just stay at home? I was sitting there in my... Can I I stop you for a second, just for a second? Yep. Yep. Okay, so it, it was a, a disgustingly cold, rainy night. Is it, is that right? That's and correct. that's co- colder than just about any other weather that you can have in Calgary, right? It is cold. It was. Yeah, that's cold. why BC has a dome on their stadium. Right. Because that's like a, it, every day is out here like is like that. It doesn't. It doesn't normally get like this in Calgary. So no. But I don't understand. Once again, I'm a football fan, and I'm sitting there in my t-shirt and my shorts, and I'm soaking <laughs> wet because I was very optimistic about the weather that night, and uh, I stayed and I watched. Okay, and you know Calgary, uh, a Tem- a Cumbrae Williams was out for Calgary. He's their starting center. He calls the he calls the blocking schemes. Their offensive line was not very good. I think Toronto had four sacks. Um, Arbuckle was not as good as he has been, and that probably went along with the offensive line. The running game was not bad, um, but uh, they did what they needed to. And you know, my favorite stat of all is the W, and they got the W. And you got the and W. The the Winnipeg or the Calgary defensive backfield is man, they're looking like they're gonna have a great season. And although um Trey Roberson did not get an interception, he did get a fumble recovery that yep, he ran back ninety eight yards for a touchdown. Now, I didn't realize this Trey Robertson guy, what his history was. And I listened to a podcast this week or that week. And this guy played quarterback in major college football, his entire college career. He never got drafted. He walked onto the Minnesota Vikings uh, camp and they decided to make him a cornerback. And he played for Minnesota for two years and you imagine going from quarterback to cornerback and the adjustment you had to make. He says he didn't even know how to backpedal. And once they got rid of him, he drove a truck for nine months. And then he came to the Calgary Stampeders. And this guy is a hugely talented guy, considering he's only played cornerback for two years. He's a super athlete. And I... If his season works out the way it's looking right now, he will be in the NFL next year, I guarantee it, if his contract is up, which I think it is. And he's also got good genes because he's Larry Highbaugh's grandson. But yeah. you know what? Calgary got the win. They, they did just enough. I'm, uh, I'm very optimistic about Calgary because they are the second youngest team in the CFL. They lost. 12 starters from their Grey Cup team. They're not playing with their number one quarterback. And they're 3-2, and two, and that's pretty respectable. Now, when they go through their next five games, I think they play Edmonton three times. They play Winnipeg once. 
and they play Ottawa once, we'll see what this team has. But I'm I'm very optimistic that they will get better because Dave Dickinson teams do get better because he will not stand for them not getting better. So all I have to say is they won the game. That's all I care about. Yep. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. Mark, did you get a chance to watch this game, or were you out camping somewhere? No, I watched most of the game. Um, Toronto did stay with them in the first half. You know, the weather did definitely help. And if you look at the stats, uh, the law firm had 300 and I think it was 68 yards passing. Our 343. 343, sorry. Um, That's pretty good, but it's the interceptions that really jump out at you. Um, He's just, he's making some bad throws at the wrong time, and you're going to get that with a new quarterback in the league. And he doesn't have a great surrounding cast, but Calgary did do what they needed to do. I thought they ran the ball really well. They were running it at the proper times. Uh, Which you know, with Bowley by Mitchell in, they're just going to throw the ball. So it was nice to see a running game out of Calgary. Uh, but really, with the weather the way it was, everything else, it led into a low-scoring game from both, high-scoring from Toronto, but for Calgary. They're still, like Will said, they're a brand-new team, and you can see it. And Toronto's just the tire fire. They got their two, the Calgary got the two points. That's what matters. Yep. And that's a, okay. So the final score in this game was twenty six sixteen for the Calgary Stampeders over the Toronto Argonauts. Respectable score. So you know, you, Argo fans don't need to be putting a bag on their head. Not like the Red Blacks. Um. So. Who was the furthest away on their prediction? Oh, that was Will. Will, 29 points. Charles, 17. Phil, 14. CJ, 10 points. Pretty close. Mark, 7. Mark gets and you the guys, star. And you guys all gave me the gears that I gave Toronto way too many points. And we did. Without question, we did. Okay? You were wrong. But you you gave him too many points. You gave him 23, and they only got 16. If you had been more realistic in this court, I picked 14 points. Charles picked 15. The problem was we overestimated what Calgary could do. Yep. Okay? So, yeah, we'll give you the gears, but you did did give Toronto too many points. But you definitely were close. It was a good score. It was a good game. And my and my question my question is is it from Mark's best experience or did he just get fucking lucky? He got fucking lucky. Fucking lucky. That's all this is. If anybody actually thinks that they can pick the scores of a football game accurately, time in time out, they're an idiot. There's no way. They, the they need to be committed. I pick the score of the game when I say it. I don't have a clue. I have no idea. I make this shit up as I go along, right? I think yeah. we all do that. And it's more and, fun. and like it's way more fun. And I, I really think we gotta stop Phil from playing this. Okay. Uh <laughs> the next game. 
Well, nobody actually figured this was going to happen, but Winnipeg and Ottawa played football in Winnipeg, and it was a barn burner. And uh, uh, one team for one team. Well, one team was the barn, and one team the, was the, the one team was the burned. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, this was a not a good game of football. I it was not a good. I'm going to ask you a question here right now, flat out. Is the best thing for the Ottawa Red Blacks right now to release Jonathan Jennings? And save themselves two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Hell, is that how much they're paying them? Hell yeah. yes. Hell mm-hmm. yes. Uh, he just could not play football. This, 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 I know he this, hasn't played football in, what a year it, and it, a half or something. Yeah, no. yeah. This was his first game in, in a year and a half, and you got to uh, give him a little bit of credit for that. But Buck, you're you're a professional football player. You can't come out and stink it up like this. What did he get? Forty five yards passing. Yep. Like, come on, give your head a shake. Do something. And a pick six. And a pick six. It to start the game, wasn't it? Yep. Uh, yeah. No, no. This was just bad, bad, bad football. Uh Charles. I honestly thought Jennings was gonna come out and at least be respectable, but he he wasn't. Charles, what did you think of this? Well, all those BC Lions fans uh, that were mad when the Lions signed Riley and said, oh, we should have stuck with Jennings. You still feel that way? So Jonathan Jennings threw for less yardage than somebody named Will Arndt. I guess he's the third stringer in Ottawa who had 57 yards to Jonathan Jennings' 45 Ooh. I know Jonathan Jennings said that he wanted to be the number one guy in Ottawa. I think now we're seeing why Dominic Davis won the job. I'm sorry, I've tried to back up Jennings as much as I could when he's here, but you asked the question, should the Red Blacks release Jonathan Jennings? I'm sorry, but my answer would be yes. Uh, Jonathan Jennings, I'm sorry, is finished as a CFL quarterback. Um, he has not done anything of real substantial nature in four uh, years in terms of winning in years. And if he hasn't done it by now, uh, he's not not gonna do it. I mean, it's not systems because he's got a whole new team, whole new set of receivers, whole new offense, and it created forty five yards. I'm sorry, I, I hate to say that because I like Jonathan Jennings as a person. But you got to look at these stats, and you got to start realizing, um, calling it what it is. And is Dominic Davis actually hurt? I know a lot of people are questioning that. But if he is, um, he's going to be getting better real quick because this team is clearly going nowhere with Ottawa with Jennings at the controls. I don't know that they're going anywhere anyways, but they're certainly not going any of this. It was just awful. Uh, the Bombers, they they had a, a, a heyday here. Matt Nichols 
25 or 29, 295 yards, two touchdowns. A great game for Nichols. Um, you can't say anything otherwise. I mean, we the guy only missed four passes, 86%. When you're 80, you can't ask much more of a quarterback when he's passing for 86%. No interceptions, no mistakes. Uh, that's pretty much um, um, anything you would ask a quarterback to do, he did it. And uh, I know we talked uh, about Nichols being a game manager. I still believe he's a game manager, but I thought he had a great game the other night. Now, of course, he's playing Ottawa, and this Ottawa team looks like they're spiraling out of control. This is a team that out of the gate won back-to-back games, including beating Calgary in Calgary. And people are saying, hey, these Red Blacks are looking pretty good. Boy, no one's saying that anymore. I remember in the preseason I said they were going to be a train wreck after they got raided in free agency, and it's starting to come to fruition right now because they're looking terrible. They're looking worse and worse each week. I mean, I didn't think they could look worse after Montreal beat them. And then they go out against Winnipeg and get thumped. How do you, in this day and age, get one point in a game? I guess he did it with a missed field goal. No, it was a punt or something that got them the one point. Uh, this was men against boys in this game. The Bombers are a far superior team to the Red Blacks. And it showed in every facet of the game. Um, in total, uh, Ottawa got a grand total of 205 yards. And 88 of that came from run running back. So when you take the 88 away, uh, yeah, Joel Crockett at 88 yards rushing. When you take that away from Ottawa's total, it's pretty pathetic. And part of that, I think, will be Jonathan Jennings. And part of that will be... The Bombers have a damn good defense, and they're a tough team to beat. They're a very tough team to beat. They're probably the, well, they're easily right now the top team in the league. Now, of course, it's still July, and being the top team in July won't mean anything if you're not the top team in November. But as it's going right now, you got to give the Bombers credit. They went out and took care of business and uh, got rid of these Ottawa Red Blacks uh, pretty quickly and, uh, like the game was over at halftime, and that's the second week in a row you can say that with the Bombers. I mean, yes, they're playing Eastern teams. They played Toronto last week. They played Ottawa this week. But they're stepping on and destroying these teams before the game's half over. So you got to give them credit for that. And Ottawa, ooh, you got some work to do. Yeah, no doubt about it. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers are a force to be reckoned with this season. And, yep. uh you know, it's, you, you, it's, you can't deny that regardless of what you want to try. It's just not going to happen. Uh, William, yeah. Ottawa, Winnipeg, you, you know, Ottawa. And I'm, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, yeah, I just did it because I can do that. Okay. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Dominic Davis has to be hurt because, don't tell me that they didn't expect this from Jonathan Jennings. I said on the pod, the last podcast that Jonathan Jennings is not a good quarterback. And I would love to know, I would love to know if anybody knows what happened from now till three years ago, when we were on this podcast, we talked about him going to the NFL. Okay. And he was that good. And he was that good. What happened? I I don't I don't understand what happened. Okay, 
was was is you he want a, a theory? Head, is he a no no? Is he a head case? Is is uh, is because he still has football skills. There's no doubt about it. And I mean, part of it was in this game against Winnipeg's defense, which is is a good defense. There's no doubt about it. So if the guy's a mediocre quarterback, he's going to have a hard time. But I just don't, I don't get it. I just don't get it. And and I think if it's not done in the next little while, at the end of the season, he'll be done. It'll be over. It, it, it's Casey Printers so, 2.0. <laughs> okay. Right? The you, guy lights it up. He completely lights yep. up the season, goes into the off season thinking he's the best shit in the in the sandbox, and then turns around, demands more money, renegotiates his contract, starts walking and strutting around, and then comes back on the field and gets destroyed. Uh huh. Okay, and he lost his confidence and he lost his ability to play football. Okay. He got too full of himself too quickly. And, well, and, you know, did, did we not see that with guys, Casey Printers? Well, a lot of guys say it's it's everybody has the same skills, but it's eighty percent mental, and and he just hasn't got it. He just hasn't taken care of that part because he no. still has skills. Okay, he's still yeah. an athlete that doesn't ever go away. Okay, so it's got to be in his head, and I'm just—it's a—it's a pretty sad situation, and it's too bad. So Dominic Davis has to be hurt, and like I said the other night, there's got to be a reason Dominic Davis was number one out of training camp. So, and and I mean, <laughs> on top of that, they were playing Winnipeg, and Winnipeg's a good team. There's no doubt about it. My thing with Winnipeg. And uh, I'm going to throw this out at you, Mark. I want to see, because I've seen it, and I've seen a certain team go through it. I want to see what happens when Winnipeg gets to 12-0 and or 13-0 and and the rest of the games in the season don't matter and see how they can handle it. Because I watched another team go through that for three years straight, and it's not an easy thing. And that can screw you up. It's not an easy thing. Yeah, big time. And it happened to that certain team twice in a row. So there's a lot of things that have to happen. And I, I would say the best thing for Winnipeg right now is to lose two or three games, to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. Well, that mm-hmm. it would bring them down to, to earth, and, and, and they'd – Buckle down, put up their chin strap. Maybe Andrew Harris will actually keep his lid on and play some football. Because I mean, let's face it: if it doesn't, if it doesn't mean anything, the motivation—I don't care if you're a professional athlete or not—the motivation just not, it's not there. Yeah. So, a team anyways, has to learn go to ahead. Lose. Interesting. Mark, it's your team. Yes. Talk to me. Will, you are 100% right. I am very happy that two of the next three games, they've got much tougher competition. They've got Hamilton in 
the next week, and then in three weeks they have Calgary. I'm very happy about that because I want to see them have to struggle and work past the second quarter. That game, I was watching the game and talking to the guys around me, and we were almost embarrassed for Ottawa, like for the Ottawa fans. It was just bad. I know they had a bunch of injuries, a bunch of their starters were out. Um, but Winnipeg just handed it to them. And that was with a slow start. They started with three straight two and outs. And then the interception came, and it was game over. Nichols played one of the better games I've seen him play in a long time. Definitely better than any game he played last year. Yep. If if he'd have played the full game, he might have got over three hundred yards. He would have been well over three hundred yards because he was at oh. two what two ninety. He was oh, well over three hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Harris had his usual workman like game, hundred and thirty yards from scrimmage. Uh, that defense is fun to watch. Okay, you're not allowed to the start de- naming off players here. Okay? I'm not. I'm not naming any other players. Force the shit out I, of the rest. That defense is fun to watch, and they're making a lot of mistakes still. Thankfully, there was no mistakes to be made because you guys are all right, and I've said it for two years now. Jennings is junk. He looked lost. He really did. But the one thing that I liked out of Ottawa especially is we now have a new award we can give out, the Ben Cahoon puking on the field award. Crockett? (laughs) Was that three times he puked? Two or three times? It's like, dude, get some water in you. But to just, he didn't even miss a play. He just wiped it off and went. I loved it. A lot of people think it's weird that I like that kind of stuff, but man, that's tough. Oh yeah, you got you got to appreciate like, that. I mean, we've all been in that situation and, and just want to curl up on the couch, right? And he he and goes back and plays football. <laughs> and yeah. he is a shifty running back. I think Madu might stay on the injured list for a while if he can continue like this. That kid can move. So there is a bright spot there, I thought. He ran through the Bomber D defensive line a couple of times. So they do have a couple of bright spots. Maybe Davis, when he is back, can light them up a little bit. But, yeah, it was sad. It was fun to watch again, but like Will said, I want to see them face some adversity. And it's only week six. As the old skit from Saturday Night Live, lowered expectations. Yeah. Okay. So that's the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Ottawa Red Blacks game, thirty-one to one. Now, for all the people out there who do not believe the rouge is important, <laughs> ask Ottawa because it's ultimately important to them right now. Okay. So thirty-one to one. Nobody picked Ottawa tanking that badly. Uh, Will actually picked them to win, but I think it was in jest, but just just having fun. Uh, I was out 
by the most. Although I did pick Winnipeg score the closest. I picked, well, no, Phil did, but that's beside the point. I'm not talking about Phil anymore. Um, 28 points, 26. I was out by a whole pile on that Ottawa score, out by 28 points. Uh, Phil, you're out by 23, so you didn't do so great shit on that one. Uh, Mark's out by 21, and uh, Charles 19, and you get the star. Yay! Okay? So you get a, you get a point for that. I don't know how, but that's okay. Uh, next game was uh, interesting, shall we say? And I, I kind of liked it. It was a good game. Uh, Edmonton Eskimos went to McGill to play the Alouettes in Montreal. Uh, yeah, awesome. Back down to earth for the Eskimos. Charles, take it away. Well, this was our rain delay play game of the week, or weather delay game of the week, because we had another weather delay in this one. Is it me or do we get one a week? And we in the and last two years we've had more rain delays than I can even remember having previously. Um so um this one was a surprise to me. I thought Edmonton was gonna bring the Alouette down to earth. The opposite happened. It was the uh, uh, Montreal Alouettes who decided to bring the Eskimos down to earth. Um, I was actually quite surprised at this one because I I knew that uh, Montreal had won a couple games. They had beaten Hamilton. They had beaten Ottawa. I wanted to see how they were going to fare against the Western team. Well, they fared pretty well because they beat them by 10 points. Um... This is the best football we've seen Vernon Adams play in his career, even though he wasn't quite as prominent this week. He only threw for 191 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the story with this uh, in this game, though, was the Montreal defense. They were excellent in this game. Um, they got through. They had two interceptions. Uh, they had one, two, three. Three quarterback sacks. Coming into this game, Trevor Harris had been sacked exactly once and had thrown zero interceptions. Well, he got sacked three times and threw two interceptions. So this Montreal defense played outstanding against this team. And Edmonton just couldn't get things going in this game. Um, I remember the game last week with the Lions and Eskimos. Uh, where the Lions couldn't get anything going on offense against the Eskimos. Well, this week it was the Eskimos team because they really just they we've seen some very good offensive output from this Edmonton team this year, but they just could they it wasn't clicking for them. It wasn't going anywhere for them, and I think that was the main um, main reason we saw the result that we did. Um, it was, um, a good game. Montreal is, <laughs> I got to admit, they're, um, they're starting to make a believer out of me. I mean, it's almost like they're getting addition by subtraction and they've gotten rid of Cavis Reed. They dumped Steph Logan and hey, they're, they're playing well. And now they've beaten a good Western team. So 
we can't just say, oh, well, they're beat winning games in the East because they're not doing that, haven't done that. So uh, I'm pretty impressed. They got they had the fun uh, trick play there, Eugene Lewis, Lewis uh, with the touchdown pass to Vernon Adams. So that was a uh, fun play there. And, hey, give Ottawa credit. They look like they're starting to turn a corner. It's not just Eastern teams they're beating now. They've beaten uh, a top-level West team. So we've got to really start looking at them and considering them. Are they for real? But um, give full marks to Montreal for taking care of it. And uh, Edmonton, well, um, they're not the invincible force that they've looked like in some other games. So they're going to have to go back and uh, tweak some things, I think. And uh, I'm really intrigued in seeing where this Montreal team goes. Yeah, it's intriguing. It's definitely intriguing. William. Yes, I'm I'm sure Mark is really happy because the real Trevor Trevor Harris stood up in this game, okay? <laughs> he was back to his old ways inconsistent. Um and the scariest thing about Montreal is they did not have Devere Posey or BJ Cunningham in their lineup that night. They're both hurt. Okay? And as Milt Stiegel calls them, Vag played a really good game oh. the other night, okay? Go easy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Vag is a really good player, okay? You know what? Montreal, Montreal. Did he really good. say that? No... He did. Yes, repeatedly. And everybody on the panel was trying not to laugh. Like, where did this guy come up with this? Are you stupid? Come on. That again looked like he was going to piss himself. I know he did. And, and what's his name? The dude with the big head. What's his name? Um, the 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 main guy. Rod Smith. He, he was just, he couldn't talk, okay? Because he kept on bringing it up. And it's like, come on, call him V-A-J. Don't call him Badge. I mean, call him Vernon really, Adams, okay? Yeah. Right. Give him a break, okay? Um, anyways, but Montreal Montreal is starting to look like a real team. They've got good receivers. I think Vernon Adams has played well. Can call him a manager too, but he he did it again on one play where where that guy that he and it was only a defensive lineman, but that guy is still looking for his jockstrap, okay? Because Vernon Adams froze the guy, and he was gone. And he scored a touchdown, I do believe, on that play. But um, Vernon Adams is playing well. Their defense is playing well. They've got good defensive backs. I think these guys are going to make a run for it. I really do, because they're playing well. And obviously, there's something that Kahari Jones is doing to get these guys going. And uh, It's impressive. It is. It is. I mean, to take a team from what it was to what it is now, and I and I did say at the beginning of the year that they had good players, but that doesn't always make for a good team. And hey, they're they're they've got to be a force in 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 the East. And I mean, they looked. I mean, also don't forget. <laughs> obviously, uh, Montreal's offensive line has to be good too because. Edmonton has a killer defensive line and really didn't notice them the other night. So, you know, 
look out, here they come. Go Owls. Yeah, you, 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 you're, you're a fan, Will. Uh, no doubt about it. You've been following the Alouettes for so long. Just, Mark, go ahead. Go Owls. This game. That this wasn't game sarcasm, was Will. It really wasn't. I'm proud of you. This, this game was 100% entertaining. It was Smart. actually fun to watch. And Montreal did it without two of their top receivers and without William Stanback really having any factor in the game. Yeah, his, his rushing was shut right down. I'll give it the Edmonton defensive line really did a number on him. I'll give them that, but like Will said, the other Trevor Harris showed up. And again, he's got the yards. But he threw into the interceptions this time. It's. I was actually hoping I could get rid of saying it, but he just threw three interceptions in one game again. And they're dumb penalties. They still have the mindset of Jason Moss, who I'll give credit to. He is blowing a stack, I guess, because they've been winning. Winning, that's why. Yeah. But they're taking penalties at bad times, and they're taking dumb penalties. Yes, they are. Montreal had more penalty yardage, but those were a lot of illegal procedures. And Edmonton's were just bad, bad, dumb, roughing penalties and stuff like that. It's just, guys, you've got a good team. Don't shoot yourselves in the foot. And they did it all game. You look at the stats and everything else. Realistically, Edmonton should have won that game. Vadge did enough. He did the game manager thing. He did enough to get the win. And Kahari Jones, this is awesome. To me, right now, Montreal's the feel-good story of the league. This is Mm -hmm. awesome. They don't have an owner. They had a train wreck of the last couple of years. And now they got this. This is, It's fun to watch them. You can see the guys, like the Moambas and that, they're loving it. That defense is playing lights out. There's no pressure on them. Nope, none. Nope. Nobody's expecting anything from them. And I think they got rid of a couple of cancers in the locker room. Yeah. You know, the untouchable ones. Stefan. Okay, so you said Edmonton, like, was overwhelmed with penalties. Nine penalties for 80 yards. Montreal had seven penalties for 108. It's the timing of Edmonton's penalties. Mm -hmm. They'll get Montreal into second and 10, second and 12 or 13, and then they take a stupid penalty, and it's first down. Instead of taking the get the offense off the field, they're staying on the field. It's bad penalties at bad times. I know this, Mark. I just wanted you to explain it so that the people at home would understand what you meant by it, okay? <laughs> yep. No, it's bad penalties at bad times. Yeah. They're an you undisciplined team. The other thing the other thing we haven't mentioned is Montreal threw a little bit of a wrinkle in there. They threw 
Jeremiah Johnson in there as well as Standback. And Jeremiah Johnson looked fantastic. Yeah, he's, he's a, a great running guy. back. I don't know why he's not with yeah. BC anymore. Yeah, he had a yeah, six-something average. That one baffles me. Absolutely They spread baffles. it around. Gahari Jones with a running game. Who knew? Because he sure as hell didn't use it in BC. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't know what to say. Maybe it was Canis, too, getting rid of him. It's pretty obvious. Yeah, okay. but Kahari remembers the success he had in Winnipeg with uh, a little running back. He was a no-name guy. Remember him, Mark? Charles White? Yes, I remember Charles. So, you, you know, the one thing, before we move on from this, uh, I, I've i meant to bring this up in the Ottawa-Winnipeg game. Did you see that stupid picture of the Backstreet Boys? All wearing red black uniforms with the red black jerseys, yeah. One one batch of losers playing with another. Okay, sorry, I had to throw that one in there. One you, point. You should be sorry. I'm a I'm a big I'm a big Backstreet Boys fan, by the way. Yeah, I know you are. You dress just like them. Oh, did I say that out loud? I hate it when that happens. If you keep it up, I'm going to sing you some bars of one of their songs, oh, Christopher. Oh, God, no. This is not karaoke, okay? This is not karaoke. It's not going to happen. Okay, so final score in this game was Montreal 20, Edmonton 10. Charles, you picked Edmonton. You lose. Mark, you picked Edmonton. You lose. CJ, you picked Edmonton. You lose. Will, you picked Montreal, but you were out by 31 points. Phil picked Montreal and was only out by 24. Phil, you get a star there, buddy. Yay. Yay, you. He gets a star for being out by 24 points. I want a I know. Recall. I know. I know. And then everybody, yeah, it's ridiculous. And I, and I, and I should get the point anyway just because I've been picking Montreal every week. It's not how the game's played, buddy. You got to get the W. I know. Okay. Hey, trust me. I picked the majority of the games correct. Do you know how many gold stars I got this year? This year so far? One. One. Kind of like your team. (laughs) Kind of like my team. Exactly. Well, here's the question. Is BC going to get to two before CJ does? <laughs> I don't know. I will tell. Time will tell. Time will tell. Speaking of losers, the last game of the week uh, was the BC Lions in Saskatchewan. Have you guys noticed? Have you been looking at the stadiums and stuff? It really doesn't look like there's a lot of people in them. Have you noticed that? The attendance looks down in, in cities that it shouldn't be. Like Winnipeg's 23,000 people into a 33,000-seat stadium. That's 25% 25. off. No, it was 23. No, no it was 25. 25. What's that? It was 25, Mark Freight. Was he? Okay. 
I was just looking at it on uh, CFL.ca. Okay, 25,000. It's still, that's almost off by 25%. That's not good. And considering that they now have tickets without seats, that's even more empty seats because those other guys counted toward in the gate, right? Anyhow, um, the BC Lions in Saskatchewan, and I'm looking at the stadium as they're going around, and it didn't look all that impressively full. Uh, mind you, it's, it, they're claiming 31,000 seats. Uh, what, what's their stadium hold, 33, 34? I don't believe that. Not with the amount of empty green seats that there were. Anyhow. It's like Winnipeg. It's with the concourse. Yeah. Okay. So, BC Saskatchewan. I didn't get to watch a lot of this game. I don't think BC played all that poorly. Not as much as what everybody wants to think they did. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to read something that I got posted here by uh, a, a, a Ryder fan, actually, and just rewatched the Lions Ryder game this morning. And you know what? BC isn't terrible at all. They played well for three and a half quarters. You need to play for four quarters, though. I just want you guys to know that four quarters is important. Limited turnovers, got a couple of their own, scored, stuffed the Riders in the backfield a few times, made only a few less big plays, played fairly disciplined. Most of all, they didn't quit, they got the last score. That was an amazing game, folks. Sometimes you just have to submit and allow yourself to be entertained without playing babes. Okay, now, here's when I was listening to it, there were seven different lead changes. Now, yeah, this was the Riders, and the Riders were in the basement of the CFL, uh, uh, of the Western Division, and the BC Lions are in the basement of the Western Division. And uh, both had one victory each. And, yes, this was the worst of the worst playing each other. And the Riders ended up beating the BC Lions. So just whatever. But I think they played a respectable game here. And I don't think the Riders are all that bad of a team as what everybody's as their, um, what do you call it, their record is kind of showing. And I think the Riders are a little bit better team in there. Although they don't have a quarterback, and if they had a quarterback, things would be a, a whole different ballgame. BC has a quarterback, and if they had a team, they would be a whole different thing. Maybe that the Riders and the Lions should merge and just become one team, because I think they could be a dominant force in the in the CFL. I don't know. That's not a bad idea. Hey, we got a quarterback. They don't have a quarterback. They got a team. We don't have a team. Uh, it, it makes sense to me. Charles, what's your take on this game, brother? Frustration. Um, uh, we got to be fair and call spade a spade. The Lions are not a good football team right now. They just aren't. Um, let's face it. Uh, what uh, the writer fan you read off of was said was true. It was. It was a Kelly. Game it was the, our yeah, good was friend Kelly. Kelly. Right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And in it was. In, too. Yeah. And you know what? It was a close game. It was a one-score game well into the fourth quarter. And I'm thinking, my thinking of how this happens is that, uh, you know, the, 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 I think the whole kingpin for the Lions play this year is the offensive line. And the offensive line is not protecting the quarterback. The Lions are not sustaining drives. And the defense is on the field too much. And they are getting burnt out by the end of games. We're seeing it repeatedly play out that way. Even the game they won, 
that game against Toronto where they won with the Rouge, they collapsed down the stretch because they were in con- in the lead for that game for basically all of they it. They dominated they, that game. They dominated most of that game, and then they collapsed on the stretch. We're seeing that as a pattern, that the defense the defense has actually played well right through into the fourth quarter. But they're by the time we get to the fourth quarter, they're burnt out. They've played too much. And it all goes back to the offensive line, not protecting Riley, not protecting... Um, the quarterback, and because of that, drives don't get sustained, and the offense is off the field too much. So uh, how do you fix that, the, Charles? You've got to improve your offensive line. How? I'm not sure. They're right up against the cap. They don't run have the ball. Faith. That's the other thing. Run the ball. And actually, ball. if you look at the stats, Brandon Rutley wasn't having a bad night. Uh, if you go look at the stats, he had uh, where were where are we here? Thirteen carries for seventy three yards, a five point six average. Why is that not twenty carries? We saw in the game that they won, and I pointed this out at the time. Uh, John White, who barely got any carries for whatever reason last night, uh, had like twenty one carries and had over a hundred yards. And guess what happened? They won that game. Is that a coincidence? Might not be. But they gave Brandon Rutley, he's averaging 5.6 yards a carry. So instead of giving him 13 carries, why not give him 23 carries? I don't understand. But um, um, And I made the comment this morning, too. Riley was basically running for his life again all day and kept getting beaten and battered. And he still threw for 346 yards. So can you imagine what he would be able to do if he had an offensive line that actually protected him? Well, don't, uh, don't dare to dream, Charles. Dare to dream. Yeah, that'd be, uh, that, that would be fun to watch one day. I'd like to see that. Brian Burnham came back with a big game at 106 yards. Deron Carter had probably his best game as a Lion. With seven catches for 65 yards. Overall, the Lions were not terrible in this game. But again, it's the fourth quarter collapse. And you've got to give some points to, uh, you've got to give some credit to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. As sad as I am to say that. Because uh, Fajardo had a good game. He bounced back 278 yards. He's still holding steady. So, is he a spectacular quarterback? No, I'm not saying that he is. But, hey, he's getting the job done. Uh, the Lions really held the running game of the Riders in check. Their leading Fajardo was actually the leading rusher for the Lions, for the Riders, with only 53 yards. William Powell only had 47 yards. Um, but a monster game for Shaquille Evans for Saskatchewan, 158 yards and a touchdown. That's a huge game for him. And the line play is really where it, where it's uh, being won and lost right now when it comes to lines. Four more sacks given up, including one to Solomon Aluminium. Okay, that one kind of stings a little bit. You look at the defensive stats, quarterback sacks, everybody's got a zero on the Lions. So you're, you're seeing the line play be very, very much the factor. They're giving up too much rush and too many sacks on the offensive line and getting no pressure on the defensive line. 
And that's not a recipe for success. And other teams are just exploiting it. And like I said, by the time we get to the fourth quarter, the defense is gassed. They got nothing left. So this is why you're seeing teams pile on points late in games. I think it's pretty simple. So this is up, this, and this is on Ed Hervey. He's the one that's got to figure this problem out. He's the one that created this problem. He's got to be the one to fix it. And he better do it soon because at one and five, uh, the clock's starting to tick. And I would guess that they want to get the they want to at least get a split out of this home and home with Saskatchewan. Uh, if they don't, it might already be too late. So they've really got to get something figured out and figured out in a hurry. That's the truth, Charles or uh, William. Open your mic, Will. Yeah, um, I couldn't find my mic. Um, you know what? VC's not that bad of a team. They have good players. There's no doubt about that. And now I'm going to be the first guy. And I don't don't know when they start doing it. You know, if BC goes, say, 1 in 10... Or is it going to happen before that? Something's going to happen before that. Do you start questioning the coaching? And I would think that um, the first guy to go would be Jarius Jackson because their offense is not as prolific as it should be. But I'm gonna I'm gonna use uh, I'm gonna use CJ's theories here. Was Devon Claybrooks only a good coach because he was with the Calgary Stampeders? Is he is he in over his head? Um, they do have, with the exception of Jarius Jackson, they basically have a rookie coaching staff. And if anybody, if anybody, Rich Stubler is a rookie. Is easy, well, I don't even count Rich Stubler because most days he's not alive, okay? He I think they put him on the on the cardio machine before every game so he can breathe again. It's just there's something there's something that's not right there, okay? And we can talk about a team gelling and maybe that's the problem, but like I said earlier, I I really believe, for example, that Calgary is going to get better. I don't know if BC is going to get better. I, I, I have I faith. Would think that, I would think that they would have showed signs of it already, but I'm sorry, they haven't. And as we have talked many, many times, the key to everything, every team, is their offensive line and their defensive line. And you can't get a good measure on on BC's defense because they're on the field so much they're gassed all the time. So you got to look at the offense, and they got to fix that. They got to fix it fast, and I don't know how they do it. So I, I still I'm still saying that this is not this is not a bad team. It really is not. It can't on paper. It's not a bad team, 
but so far they haven't showed it. Yeah. And I mean, is this a worse team than the Edmonton Eskimos from last year? Because at least they won. I know they didn't make the playoffs, but they won some games. And they had Mike Riley as they had Mike Riley as their quarterback. So, you know, once again, and and this just goes to sh- prove to everybody that, let's face it, football is the ultimate team sport, no doubt about it. And if it's not all working, you're not going to be that successful. And the key, and the key is always offensive and defensive line. So. We'll see what happens. But I mean, do we think that Ed Hervey is gonna <laughs> is gonna take the hit for this team? Or is he yeah. gonna get rid of Jarius Jackson? If he if or is he gonna get rid of Jarius Jackson and if that doesn't work, does he get rid of Devon Claybrooks? If you get rid of Jarius Jackson, who do you put in there? Who you got for an offensive well, coordinator? And and, and and that's the thing with offensive coordinator. You need a guy who's experienced and who wants to be a head coach in the near future. And there's not a lot of those guys around. So I don't know. It's a bit of a quandary. And I'm glad it's BC's and not Calgary's. You know, in the off season. <laughs> I thought the hiring of Devon Claybrooks was a good thing right up until he picked his coordinators. And then I just said, what the hell are you thinking? You're handicapping yourself right off the bat. And I'm not wrong. Jerry's Jackson and Rich Stubler. Come on. Could you not have found somebody better to support this guy? It's disgusting. But you move on. It's it's just this football season. It's just a game, and we're going to write this season off and carry on. Or are we going to struggle back and try to make something out of it? This is not the 2011 BC Lions. This is not a team that's losing games by a point or two or three. This is a team that's being outclassed. And I'm 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 not comfortable with it. I can't disagree. Mark, close this one off. I thought the turning point in this game was the uh, Pen t- kickoff return for the touchdown. Mm, yeah. D.C. was building up some momentum. They were playing well. Burnham was on fire. The running game was going. They were really playing well. And that kick return sucked the life out of them because they came out in the second half and they just weren't the same team. Those are the kind of plays, and it's unusual to see against BC. You don't see a lot of kick returns against them. I think that one really, really was the game changer. Riley played fine. The coaching, and this is something I heard that saw on Twitter. Apparently, Claybrooks wanted to take Riley out, and Riley yeah. said no. Yeah. Who's the coach of the team? Who's the coach? Is it Riley or is it Clay Brooks? Who's in charge of this team? 
I, I guess the guy who's making seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, because I know Deepon yeah. Claybrook isn't making that much. No, uh, that can be a problem. Riley should not have been in that game. He didn't come out of that game going, I just need the ice bath. He got knocked around pretty good a couple of times, and he was hurting. Mm-hmm. You could see it. He, There was a few times he was getting up, and it was just, I hurt. He was grimacing. But to be so stubborn to not come out of the game, I know you're one of the top quarterbacks and- in the league, but you got to survive the season, too. But did you hear why? No. Did you hear what Riley's reasoning was? Was that what Phil posted? I don't know. What was it? He basically uh, he said that he did not want to leave his team. Eh. You're not I get he's, try- he's trying I, to be I a get leader. that. I don't agree with it. That's ego. You're not going to be any kind of a good leader if you're injured and not on the field. And I know other quarterbacks have done this too, and it just baffles me. How did that work for Buck Pierce? Yeah, there's no point getting injured in a game where the outcome is decided. Well, I mean, is that not what Bo Levi Mitchell does all the time? He does not like let. He's another one. They don't, he won't leave. I'm not picking on Bo because of that, okay? I actually respect it. Okay, It's dumb as shit, but I respect it. I respect Riley for what he did. I don't agree with it. And then there's the obvious problem. Like I said last week, you guys need no line. Badly. Mm. You need help. And you bring in... But you bring in Ryan Lankford, that's your signing for the league? That's what you're worried about is that kick returner? He's not a good receiver. He didn't even play receiver. He was strictly returning kicks. You're in desperate need of an O-line. You've got a couple of guys injured, and you bring in a kick returner? it's a long time till the NFL cuts too. Yeah, like Will said, it keeps going. Know, like Will said, it's over in the next game or two if they don't start winning. This was the best game they played all all year, I thought. And Fiardo. You can't take anything away from Saskatchewan. They played a very good game. Fiardo didn't light it up, but he did what it needed to be done. Yep. What's the recurring theme with quarterbacks right now? Manage the game. That's it. Yep. Okay, this game's done. Uh, 38-25, Saskatchewan Rough Riders over the BC Lions. Uh, I lost. Charles, lost. Mark, you lost. CJ, you lost. Will and Phil. Hey, I'm a poet and didn't know it. 
Uh, both picked the Stampeders to win, but Will, 28-point spread. Underestimated both of them really badly. Phil. Underestimated both of them, but you're a 15-point spread difference. You win the Gold Star again. So that's two for this week, one for Charles, and one for Mark. The standings now that fit at... Such, that is such bullshit. What? What's bullshit? Never mind. What's bullshit? That Phil picked the Riders to win, considering he's a Calgary is Saskatchewan fan? Never mind. Never mind. Just just What's your bullshit? No, no, no. I want to know what you're whining about. What is it? I I'm, you know, I'm, you know, you know how hard you know how you know how hard it is for me to pick Saskatchewan? And I yes. did it just so you BC guys could win a game. I understand okay. that. Anyway. It didn't work. There you go. Didn't work. Anyways, that's what the bullshit is. The Lions but we knew Phil was going to pick Saskatchewan because he's a Ryder fan. Yes, we did. That was no surprise. He just picked the better than that's you not did. What I'm talk- that's, that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah, you, you just had that BC lost. I understand. And, yep. and and you had to stoop so low to pick the the riders to win. I mean that's like yep. that's taking one for the team, Will, which we Charles and myself appreciate. I just wish it had a little more impact. Okay. Okay. Anyways. We do appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So just, the just standings keep on for the, the standings for the season so far sit at Phil seven. Will five, Charles five, Mark four, and CJ one. Okay, now I want to point out one thing. Phil didn't play for one whole week. I think it was one. It might even have been two. I don't understand how it does that. It just pisses me off. So I'm just going to throw these pieces of paper in the garbage because I really don't care about them. Okay, let's carry on with the agenda here. For the second time in a week. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I want to say one thing. Okay. And and I keep on forgetting to say this. Chris Chris Luthala, where are you? Yeah, buddy. buddy. He's like vanished. Come on, buddy. Communicate. Completely. Anyways. Maybe he's getting late. It's a completely good thing. Okay. For the second time in a week, Brandon Banks has been fined by the CFL. Was the fine justified or was Banks justified speaking out on his previous fine? No, he pushed an official. He should have been suspended. Okay, he gets a fine, gets mouthy on Twitter, and then gets a social media fine. Put a leash on this boy, okay? He's one of the most dynamic players in the CFL right now. You have no idea how hard that was for me to say. And yes, I do. And he he he, he can't keep his fucking mouth closed. I I honestly believe he's he's related to Deron Carter. Except Brandon Banks is actually doing good. Uh no, just shut the fuck up already. I'm so tired of whining little pissy Anyhow, sorry. Okay, Charles, go ahead. Talk about Brandon Banks and his uh, 
his uh, oh I'm so badly done to by the CFL the league hates me and uh, they they keep taking money away. I think that I kind of jinxed Brandon Banks because a couple of weeks ago I said that he's actually been you know staying good and not uh, getting into trouble. He's now been fined twice since I said that, so I think I I somewhat jinxed him. Look, Brandon Banks, if you go on social media and you attack the commissioner, what do you really think was going to happen? Right or wrong? To be honest, what? Whether you're right or wrong, it doesn't matter. What do you think? It doesn't matter. You're going to get fined because they don't like people talking out against the officials whether it be the on-field officials or the guys in the head office. So did you really expect anything different? And you know what? You made contact with an official. That's why you got fined the first time. Sorry, that was deserved. The second one is deserved. Go back to being quiet and uh, helping your team win some games because um, the last thing that team needs is him as a distraction. Because he keeps getting into trouble, you can't put your name in the uh, in the uh, headlines for all the wrong all the wrong reasons. Time to just keep quiet and just go back to playing football. Totally agree. That's basically, it. that's all I got to say. William, got to say anything about our little buddy Brandon Banks? Just Shut up when play we football? thought he was, just when we thought he was growing up, he pulled <laughs> us back in, and he's still a moron. Okay, get a ball, get some balls, be mature, take take responsibility for your actions, little man, and and just shut up, stay off of Twitter. If they find you, give them the money. Don't push officials. Okay, like come on, really. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I don't know what to say about this guy. It's just, like, annoying as hell. Okay. Uh, Mark, what do you got to say about this putz? Well, like Will said, we thought he was growing up. Oops. We did. We honestly did. If you don't like the fine, why don't you do what your teammate did? File a grievance. No, you go on Twitter and you start flapping. And okay, your big swear word wasn't a big swear word at bullshit, um, but you have a social media policy. You violated the policy. Guess what? You signed a document. You got signed for violating another policy, you doorknob. Didn't you learn this one at your pool party? Hey. Obviously not. It's just, it, like, how stupid are you? You know they're going to come after you. It's not like he doesn't have a track record. You know they're coming. But instead of filing a grievance, yeah, go on social media. Makes sense that to me. How'd that work out for Stefan Logan? Social media <laughs> should be barred. Players should be barred from social media. Do you ever see the Calgary Stampeders? Do you ever see Calgary Stampeders players on on Twitter, on social media, on anything? Ever? 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 
see any bombers? There's got to be a policy in place by these teams that do this. Okay? There has to be. And you violate that, you're gone. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey Mark, I, the reason you don't see any bombers is is they have to watch the tape before they comment, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine those things with somebody like Banks? That would be entertaining. It'll never happen. Oh, trust me, I know. I, it's just, I'm just flabbergasted. This moron still can... And, and he's, he's actually proving to be an asset. To the league, not just to his team, but to the league. He's actually playing some good football. I hate, but it's, it, it's all getting overshadowed because he can't keep his mouth shut. It's a challenge for me to say this. Yeah. He's a great receiver. He's just a dumbass. Yeah, exactly. Phil? He did. Remember Bo when he came out with his tweet about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders having their little second house that the guys don't even have to get on a plane to come come to practice? The new pickups? And yep. right after that, it ended. And we haven't he seen or Twitter heard of since. another thing from Calgary. And, and, and I am sure that he had a firm talking to because he is nowhere close. He's not on Twitter anymore. At all. Nope. Mm-hmm. But Let's that's the that, difference. Uh, I'm sure that, somebody said to him, "Don't be on Twitter," and he was like, "Yeah, I'm a mature adult, and I want to be on this team, so I'm not going to go on Twitter." You got to hope that Orlando Steinauer is just telling him to shut up finally, because he's doing wow. the team and no good. No, you're just pissing off the league. Oh, well. Let them piss off the league. See if anybody cares. It's Hamilton. Nobody really cares about Hamilton anymore. It just feeds into the Hamilton fans' paranoia that uh, every ref is out to get them. Yeah. Especially Bradbury. If anybody's seen Bradbury ref a game, then they'll know that he's out to get every single team in the CFL. I've lost my agenda. There it is. Okay, enough of this. We're just done with this. Lenko brothers, Lenkov brothers from California appear to be closing in on purchasing the Montreal Alouettes. With the team's recent changes and success in the franchise trending up for the first time in years. (laughs) Okay. 16,000 people in the stands. No offense. It's not trending up. Team's doing better. I, you it, know what? To, to be fair to that point, it was disgustingly hot in Montreal on Saturday. It was with the humidity and stuff. It's like forty-six degrees. Unlike Calgary, to sit there and watch football. In Calgary, they're just freezing there. Do they get ever get summer in Calgary? Considering they had to halftime. Yeah. Okay. 
you know what? I don't know what we can say. We can go around the table on this one, and we can all have our little jab at it. But bottom line is, Montreal needs an owner. I really don't care who it is as long as they're committed to the team, to the franchise, to the league, and making the team better. Why would two guys or three guys or how many brothers are there um, from from California want to be involved in Canadian football? And with the Montreal they're originally from Montreal. Yep. And one so of at least passion. one of them went to school at McGill. Okay, so this is passion for them. Yes. And they have That's deep exactly pockets. Exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. They have deep pockets. Yeah. Like very. David Braley, deep pockets. They're very, yeah. very much involved in the entertainment industry in California. Oh, so the porn. Um, you know, no. Hawaii Five O that's been on Hawaii Five O, Magnum PI. Okay, they write them. <laughs> yeah. These guys make uh, lots of money. Okay, okay, good, good, good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad somebody's interested in this team. I want to see it happening. I'd love to see an owner out there, especially one with deep pockets, with a passion for the team and for passion for football in Canada. If that's these guys, I'm good with it. I hate to see millionaires doing this because they can never sustain the losses. Where billionaires doing this can. Mm -hmm. Bob Young, David Braley, Bob Wetnall. They lost a shitload of money to entertain us. The Calgary Stampeders, or sorry, the Calgary Flames. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, MLSE too, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. There's nothing to say about these guys. Good for them. Anybody want to add anything? I, I think we need to talk about this more when it happens. If it yeah, happens. Yep. Okay. It's all still very much an if and not a although these guys do sound pretty serious. I can sound serious. But then again, so did Clifford Stark and Eric LaPointe and that got nowhere. And I don't think Eric LaPointe has hundreds of thousands, let alone millions, so No. Just I always thought that was a um a weird one. I think he would have been a figurehead, okay, as in yeah. a francophone player, ex-player, okay, supporting his team. Yeah, and there's nothing the matter with that. Nope, 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 I agree. And, and who knows, he may even be involved in the next group that comes nope. comes they, back. The, these, they were, he was asked by these guys, and he said no, because okay. they don't live in Montreal. He, they don't live in Montreal. He thought that was a problem. So I don't care where they live as long as they have a big checkbook. If they're willing to write the checks, who gives a damn where they live? Yeah, exactly. If they're willing to write the checks, that's the only thing, is if they're willing to write the checks. they got to know this team sucks financially. They have to. They have to know that they're, 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 this is a loss. They're yeah, but stupid. guys don't get into this. Guys don't get into this to make money. No, this no. is a hobby for them. This is a yeah. hobby. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, deep sigh. Okay. Ottawa Red Blacks losing skid continue this week in Winnipeg. Is this a blip or are they just not a good team? 2019 CFL season is producing some subpar teams. Okay. Calgary Stampeders are not playing up to expectation. BC Lions are, I don't know what they're doing. Ottawa Red Blacks are not playing. Expectations. Uh, who is? Well, Winnipeg's playing up to their expectations. Hamilton is not. Toronto's not. Edmonton. Yeah, I don't know if they're what they're doing right now. But seriously, 2019. We all thought that this was going to be a bang up year. This was going to be the strongest Western Division. It's going to be a dogfight. And these teams have come out and shit the bed. More ways than one. You got three teams in the West right now that are not doing well. And this might be the first year in a long time that I'm not calling for a crossover by week six. Because you don't know what's going to happen. You got to have four good teams in the West. Mm-hmm. We don't. Plain and simple, we don't. And and you know in the East, no, we just don't. You got Saskatchewan is tied with Ottawa for the crossover position right now today, but it's not dominant. You can say Hamilton's meeting season. expectations. They're I'm four sorry? and one. Hamilton they're, me- they're yeah, four and one. I I don't think they are. I think that's fair that they are. I don't think they're dominant. Four and one. They're not dominant, but they're four and one. They would be. Okay, I I'll leave that one on my on the plate. I just threw that out there. I don't think they're playing up to what their expectations have been. But leave it be. Charles, Ottawa Red Blacks losing streak. Are they a bad team, or is this just a blip? Um, I think they're a bad team. I'm sorry. Uh, I predicted them to be one of the worst in the league in the preseason, and I still believe that. I'm sorry. This team started off with a couple of good wins, but they've really tanked it in this past week, getting just uh, thumped by Winnipeg the way they did, scoring one point. I'm sorry. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in this team to turn things around. Um, and, of course, now that I've said that, they're going to go out and beat Calgary next week. But, no, I mean, uh, just uh, Dominic Davis, he had a couple of decent games to start the year. But he, before he was knocked out with his injury, quote-unquote, um, he was starting to decline. And we saw what Jonathan Jennings gives you, which is not exactly much of anything. So uh, to try and spin it that they're a good team, well, they got decimated, as we all know, during free agency. And right now, um, we're starting to see that. And I think we're starting to see the fruits of that now because – 
like I said, they were off to a decent start. They beat Calgary early on. Uh, they got another win, but then they just kind of came back on them. And they're just uh, in a free fall. And this game this past weekend was an utter embarrassment. Uh, Winnipeg or no Winnipeg, they should have been a lot more competitive than that. Uh, so I'm sorry. I just I don't think they're a good team at all. And I think uh, the real uh, Ottawa Redblacks are the team we've seen in the last few weeks not getting the job done. And those wins they got early in the season was just a mirage. Just a mirage. Hmm. William. I think I was the only one that said Ottawa's not going to be as bad as you guys think he's gonna, they're going to be. I was the one that was toting the Ottawa Red Blacks to be a, a great team this year. You know I guess what? my prediction's the off. CF, the CFL is so different this year that I don't think you can write Ottawa off yet. Okay. I, I, I mean, they still have their defense. It's the same defense they had last year in the Great Cup. Um, I think they missed one starter off that defense. Um, Their quarterback situation has to settle down, but I still don't think it's time to give up on Dominique Davis. Um, uh, Yeah, I'm not going to say, because they also play in the Eastern Conference, so I think they can beat Eastern teams. And I know Montreal's trending up. I didn't think... uh, the game against Calgary, I didn't think uh, Hamilton was that strong, to be honest with you. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't write him off yet. I mean, it's a long season. Once again, it's only week. We just finished week six, right? So there's lots of football left. And I guess, I mean, uh, Rich Campbell is a proven coach, and his team is usually always there. So let's see what happens. Okay. Mark, what's your thoughts on the uh, Ottawa Red Blacks? I don't want to write them off completely until I see Dominic Davis come back and see if he can do some good things moving it forward. They didn't lose a lot of guys off the defense, but they lost a ton of talent off the offense. Uh, Let's face it, I may not be the biggest Trevor Harris fan, but going from Trevor Harris to Dominic Davis to then Jonathan Jennings, that's a huge drop. So let's see if Davis can get them back being competitive. They're not as bad as the score of that game. That's not the real Ottawa team, I don't think. I don't think they're a great team by any means, but 31-1, to 1, I don't think they're that bad. But if Davis doesn't start getting them going again, though, it'll be interesting to see how far they go down. They could go down a long way. So I don't and think the you write them off yet, but close. The other thing you got to think about is they're two and three right now, and two of those losses have come against Winnipeg. And Winnipeg is the best team in the CFL right now. So hard, hard to complain. But it, it, they, they didn't just lose to Winnipeg; they stunk it up. 
Yeah. You know, I'm okay with losing a game. I'm just not okay with absolutely stinking the place up. What was the, hey Mark? Do you know what the score of the first Ottawa game was against Winnipeg? Twenty-four nineteen or something. I think the score flattered Ottawa. Okay, but was Dominic Davis was the starting quarterback then? So that was the big difference this night. I think was Jonathan yeah. Jennings. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to argue with you there. 45 yards? Give me a break. Ugh. I mean, and yeah, that's not a good out- quarter. No, no. There are people out there that are still throwing this back in my face. I still to this day believe that Jonathan Jennings is an amazingly talented quarterback. His football skills are there. He can play football. His mind is not in the game anymore. I don't know where it is. I don't know what's happened, whatever else. But the guy has skills to play football. One of the best in the CFL. Now, I'm not saying that he's a better quarterback than anybody else. I'm saying that he is a better talented quarterback. I still think Zach Caleros is the most talented quarterback in the CFL. Okay. That doesn't mean that he's the most winning quarterback. That doesn't mean that he is the best quarterback. That doesn't mean he gets the most yards. That doesn't even mean he can complete a goddamn quarter without getting terminally killed. Um, It just means that he's got some skills to play football, that when you watch him and you watch how he plays the game, it's truly amazing to watch. Jonathan Jennings was like that four years ago, five years ago, whenever it was. Okay? Okay. I don't see that in these quarterbacks today. I didn't see this in Dom Davis. I don't see this in Matt Nichols. I don't see this in, in uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli. I don't see it. It's not there. They don't have mad football skills. They win football games. Great. Good on them. they got a good team around them. Good on them. Okay? But they're not absolutely massively talented quarterbacks. And for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, that doesn't matter. For the Calgary Stampeders, that doesn't matter. Okay? So, so be it. So, you know, if you're going to keep throwing this shit in my face, I'm not saying that he's a better quarterback than anybody else. I'm just saying he's more talented. And you really need to learn the distinction between the two. Because if you don't, then you're not going to have a good conversation with me. Okay. Mark, did you go on this? Ottawa, you did. Okay. Yes, I just did. Let's just move on. Uh... Oh, let's go back to IGF and Winnipeg and talk about their fans. They don't seem to be supporting this NFL game much, do they? So let me get this straight. NFL football's coming to Winnipeg. It's a preseason game, and most of the starters are not going to be there. We're going to be watching wannabes that may or may not actually make the team and and hell, some of them might even not even make the CFL and they want us to pay how much for one of these tickets? Is it because the jerseys are different colors? Because quite frankly, right now, Blue Bomber football is kind of exciting. 
I, I don't know why anybody would want to go see a preseason game and pay as much as you pay for your entire season tickets for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Fuck. Stupid. Ridiculous. Ticket sales for the NFL preseason game at IGF in Winnipeg are struggling badly. Oh, my God. Could this turn into a major money loser for Winnipeg? Has IGF, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, or any other organization guaranteed a certain attendance or certain money to these people? We don't know this contract, but sometimes that happens where they say, yeah, yeah, we're going to sell this many defenses. Okay, well, we'll come up there and play. Uh, Wow. Like, wow. What is it, 9,000 seats sold so far? 9,500 is what I heard? Something like that? I thought it's 6,500, but maybe it was 9,500. Maybe the six and the nine were upside down. I don't know. Which uh, one of the two. No matter either one, it's crappy regardless. Yeah. Okay. So, what's going on? And they said they're not going to slash ticket prices. They're not going to give away tickets. They're not going to do all of this other stuff that everybody does to get the, 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 the attendance up. So do we just – do they just cancel this? No, they can't cancel it. They need the, the stadium. They're, they're here because they, the other team doesn't have a stadium. Mark, talk to us about your team, your your stadium, your city, your, your, your lack of enthusiasm for NFL in this city. Is it real? Or is it just preseason and nobody wants to go? It's not real, but because um, if I want to go to an NFL game, I get in my car and I drive a few hours down to Minnesota. And I pay a fraction of the cost. Even well, if you use a hotel. for a preseason game? Well, it is the third preseason game, and traditionally – the starters do play for at least a half. So you will get the big na- some of the big-name guys, like the quarterbacks are there, of course, and everything else. But for those prices, Winnipeg is known as being Wholesale City. Nobody's paying those prices, and it's been proved out. Um, and from what we've been able to try to find and talking to people, they're not on the hook for anything. These are ticket prices set by the NFL, and they're in full control of all of that. The Bombers get, or Triple B, whoever, gets the concessions. I haven't heard anything about a guarantee, and we're talking Wade Miller here. You think he's going to guarantee anything then, other than you're going to have an NFL-sized field to play on? It's Wade Miller. He's too smart of a businessman to back himself into a corner. And they'll be giving away tickets left, right, and center. There's going to be contests, all kinds of stuff. From talking to a couple of people that I know that work in radio, they've got thousands of tickets throughout the city to give away in contests and stuff. They'll paper the house. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good look on Winnipeg myself. We don't want NFL. Go away. Oh, I'm not saying anything bad about that in any way, shape, or form. Um, 
I'm just kind of concerned that there's 9,500 people out there, maybe 6,500, that have actually paid huge dollars for their tickets, and now they're going to turn around and, and, and trash them? That doesn't yeah. sound fair or nice. Or, I hate it when that happens. At, at least. Sports. Yeah, I know, but at least, you know, like Canadian Tire and stuff do price guarantees <laughs> for 30 days. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I honestly don't think the bombers will end up on the hook for anything. Wade Miller's too smart of a businessman to do it. Okay. And he's too much of an asshole to do it too. This is a guy who held up the NHL on Bettman for the Winter Classic and said, "No, we know you're going to have it here. You're having it here on my terms." Anyone? He made them wait a year. Is it hey Mark? Is it a local promoter or is it the Bombers? It's the NFL. There's no local here at all. Nothing. So the NFL is just coming to Winnipeg to play this game. Is that right? It's an it's the NFL and an American promoter promotion company. It's nothing to do with Winnipeg, the Bombers, anything. This is so they're just ranking IGF. Is there any other events happening? On that day, no, not that I know of. There's a bomber okay. game in Edmonton. <laughs> you you <laughs> know you want to know why not it's the... not. You want to know a big reason why it's not selling? I'm on the sure. Ticketmaster website right now at IGF Field. <laughs> I clicked on the top row of the top deck. One ticket, two hundred and forty-three dollars. For a freaking preseason game, that is why it's not selling. No one's going to pay that bowl, kind of Charles. money. Oh, the lower bowl. Oh, yeah. Let's see. How much is Click on Here that. we go. We're going to go like midfield here. What's this going to be? Uh, where is it here? I'm trying to find here. Just click on that one. Oh, it's just, oh yeah. Okay. $439. Ouch. Ouch. Like I said, that's, a a, that's an entire scrubs. season ticket. Good luck with that. Charles, no how much did you pay for the BC Lions season tickets? Or do you, do you have them this year? It's like 300 bucks a person. Yeah. You, you can get... Mine are 340 Yeah. So you're going to pay more for one exhibition game of the NFL than the entire season tickets for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? Ridiculous. The they they do have a. Going. Even if I got a free ticket, I wouldn't be going. And you want to know why? Because you're watching Winnipeg on, on on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Damn right. Unless they're going to show it on the jumbotron, I'm not going. Okay. Normally this is the end of our. Oh, okay. The, the, the show's wrapping up here. I, we're just going to put it to bed. But right. I go ahead, Charles. Quick, like if you're funny. I was funny, just like, going to say. Normally, when you have a preseason game in Canada. They will pick the team that is geographically closest to the city. They haven't done that here even. They, so you don't even have the fans driving up. You've got Green Bay and Oakland. Like, if it's in Vancouver, you got the Seahawks. If it's in Toronto, you got the Bills. You would think they would at least have the Vikings because they're the ones that are geographically the closest. They don't. they okay. got Green Bay and I, Oakland. i gotta, I got to kill this yep. now. 
Uh, this has been Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 376. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. We've talked some football. I have a shout-out tonight, and it's going out to, oh, my God, I just lost it, uh, Jason Mullis. Do you guys know who Jason Mullis is? He's uh, known on Twitter as CFL Hobo. He's doing a cross-country driving tour, going to all the different stadiums and watching football in all the different stadiums. Good for you, Jason. You get a shout-out from the the boys on Let's Talk CFL. You take care, my friend, and I'm out of here. Charles, say goodnight. Real quick, we got 10 seconds. we'll, We'll talk to you Wednesday. Mark, go. Good night, everybody. Talk to you Wednesday. Will. Good night, everybody. Talk to you Wednesday. Go, Al. Okay, good night.